Warning, this episode contains discussions of sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, before we get to the show, I have to tell you about a podcast hosted by a very good friend of mine uh, called Coffee and the Macabre. It is hosted by my friend Amanda, uh, her friends Ryan and Rachel, and they go through things that are... It, sometimes they do like some true crimey stuff, but really it's like the paranormal. And the last episode that they have up is about the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath. And then they took quizzes to figure out which one of them is most likely to become a serial killer. So... Uh, go and give them a listen. They're a bunch of Jersey girls. Um, <laughs> I think Amanda has the biggest Jersey accent among them, and it's really fun to listen to, um, and it's really great to hear them all laugh together. You can find them wherever you get your podcasts and on uh, Facebook at Coffee and the Macabre. Macabre is spelled M-A-C-B-R-E. And uh, here's the show. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to People, the podcast where life is sad but beautiful. My name is Bellamy JR, your host, and today we are here with Candace. Candace? Or Ace, either works. Ace? Can't, can't, how about Canned Ace? I'd rather and we not that do is, that one. <laughs> that, does, that is not funny at all. I'm no, sorry, that's, everyone. That's the least good of the three options we have. No, here. You, you should stop. You should stop listening to this podcast now. <laughs> Just leave, leave the app the anyway candace is from from canadia canadia canada candacia yeah what duck don't encourage me this is just it's gonna get awful okay fuck it whatever so the the structure of the podcast is as follows there will be like some introductory questions kind of like when you sit down with a person on a date except we're not dating and then we will get into like the more you questions, the deep divey stuff. Sometimes we kind of blur that line, whatever, fuck it. We're just going to do what we're going to do. And then at the end, there is sort of a palate cleanser where I am going to ask you fun shit um, and probably make fun of you and we'll be done. Well, I'll do my best to give you material to make fun of me for. <laughs> I'm probably going to be better off making fun of myself, to tell you the truth. So fuck it. Whatever. Here we are. One, two, three. I don't. God, this is no one. should. No, none of my friends stopped me from doing this, Candace. No one stopped me and said, hey, maybe you shouldn't host a podcast because you're a fucking idiot. Uh, anyway. Are you surrounded by enablers? <laughs> apparently. And, and anime shirts. Cool. I'm in a closet for those that aren't aware. And you really are in a closet. Academia <laughs> shirt next to me. Anyway, all right. So, what was the uh, what was the last thing you ate today? Well, assuming you ate today, assuming I, I have eaten today. The last thing I ate um was Swedish meatballs from IKEA. <laughs> Swedish well, what? IKEA isn't that a furniture store? <laughs> yes. Why the but fuck are have... there Swedish meatballs at I IKEA? Listen, this is not a classy operation, okay? I went to IKEA. I had to purchase some things for my home, and IKEA has a small, like, um, like a 
uh, food section, I guess, and it's all Swedish goods and products. So they'll have like lichenberry jam um, and like all sorts. Of, I don't know what Swedes eat. Uh, Meatballs and jam, I guess. <laughs> Swedes, if you're if you're listening, tell us what you eat. So yeah, they have like these frozen IKEA meatballs, and that's what I had. So you you bought food from a furniture store, and then came home and heated it up and and ate Swedish meatballs from the Swedish store. Yes, these are the choices that I make in my life. Yes, that's fine. I mean, I'm in a closet recording a podcast that like twelve people listen to, so it's fine. Uh, neither of us apparently are making are making good choices. No, this should be great. <laughs> who was the uh who was the last person you uh you spoke to um my son your son i said good night to him yeah what's your what's your son's name louis louis yeah like armstrong say i want my brain want king louis louis armstrong probably better choice yeah the, how do you spell it l-o-u-i-s okay so like not like weird spelling like you would just want like normal. Well, I mean, it's it's the French spelling, so I guess you could say it's weird. Well, I don't I I know. Mean, French, everything's weird. <laughs> but yeah, the vibe was less like oppressive monarchy, more epic jazz musician. That, that, that seems that seems reasonable. I would I would mm-hmm. I would I would opt for jazz musician over horrible murderous dictator any day. Um, so you said you said you said good night to him. Yeah. Is he is he how old is he? Is he talking yet? Uh, he's he has like a a decent roster of words. He's a year and a half old, and um, so yeah, I said good night. He said purple, and uh, <laughs> it was it was beautiful. So <laughs> <laughs> anyone that ever says me good night says me good. God damn it! <laughs> it I really like should... working out of his vocab book. Yeah, honestly. I should should not be fucking doing this. God, this is. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. This is bad. If anyone wishes me good night, henceforth, uh, I'm just going to say purple. I think you should. That, that seems like a good way to carry out. And then you just confuse the shit out of your friends or whoever. And but then it's you just cute. get to it's go to endearing. bed. Yeah. It's like, and I then, leave you with this. Good night. Yeah. Purple. And, and, and then they get to stay up and wonder why the fuck you said purple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's reason. I think that's a great. Uh, everyone that is listening to this, to this, that that's how that is the new culture of more. We're more, more. Uh, I norm. believe it's yeah. Let's go with norm. Norm, yeah. Fuck. The new cultural <laughs> norm is just to say purple when someone wishes you good night, and in the morning when they wish you good morning, you say fuchsia, and that's that's what we're gonna go with from now on. <laughs> I, I'd ask you the last place you went, but you, I think you said Ikea already. So, like, that's kind of no, no, Ikea wasn't the last place I went. No. Oh, well, fuck. That's what I get for assuming. Don't assume. It makes an ass of... Well, it would be ass Mostly of you. Mostly you. Me, just, just me. No, I'm doing all right. Yeah, no. Candace is fine. I'm the asshole. <laughs> well, where's the last place you went, then? Well, continuing, you know, the class act that I am, uh, I was at Walmart. Oh, yeah, classy, mm-hmm. indeed, very. Mm-hmm. Pinky in the air, yeah. Yeah, I was at Walmart, and uh, I think I think that was the last place I went. I had to pick up, you know, bits and pieces. Bits and odds bits and, and ends. Oh, okay. Flotsam and jetsam. I I don't I don't know, I know maybe three of those words. 
that you just said. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Cool. Yeah, we're in. We're laughing and we're chuckling and, and everything's going well. So I'm going to move on to the stuff that will probably be, be um, less funny. But okay. maybe will also be funny. Probably should have looked at this before I came in here. But like, whatever. Where we are. Can be a surprise for both of us. Oh, well, here. You know what? There is one. We were talking about um, your son. And the, mm -hmm. one of the questions that I have in here is um, if if you were able to change who your parents were but not choose who your parents would be would you would you do that change who they were right but not who they would be so right. change their past no so you get to change like your parents like swap them out with different parents mm -hmm. but you don't get to pick who the new parents are Oh, oh, that's tough. Um, well, I only have one parent, technically. Okay. Um, if you want to get deep, Bella, let's get deep. Well, I mean, I'm going to ask you about that other, the other non-existent parent in a bit. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, then we'll leave that. Um, no, I don't think I would. What What's keeping you from making that decision? Um my mom was a difficult person to have as a mother growing up uh, mm. things weren't perfect but a lot of who i am and a lot of my values um definitely came directly from her i mean okay. she was the only parent right so um so it was definitely a, a very tough very fraught relationship but so much of who i am came from her mm. um and so many of the good decisions that I've made in life come from those aspects of me, I think, that, that I got from her. So uh, it's a tough one, and I'm sure that'll make more sense later. But no, I, I don't think I would change who my parents are. So you said that it was challenging mm. having her as your mother. What, what is it that made it challenging? Well, she, uh, she had me at 21, and... Um, <laughs> She was technically a single mom, although she got married last minute for, mm. you know, to keep up appearances. Right. Um, so that she wouldn't have a child out of wedlock, even though this was an 89, you know, I'm not 50 years old. It, <laughs> she probably would have been okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But right. You know, um, so yeah. Um, so I grew up with a slew of step parents. Um, sort of going from family to family as my mom had kids with all of these other partners were three kids, uh, three different dads. Um, so we got bounced around a lot and she had a very tough upbringing herself. She had an incredibly uh, abusive father who unfortunately worked in law enforcement. Oh. So, yeah. So whenever she'd try to make a break for it, they'd, send her right back home so she was coming from a really unhealthy environment and uh, I don't think she ever really had the time to work on herself before having children yeah um so she carried a lot of a lot of issues into being a mother um and so there's a lot of uh she, she's a very controlling mom I say was as if she's gone she <laughs> lives she lives a 15 minute walk from my house oh oh okay <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, she was here today. 
we we have a very special relationship um we're close but mm. you know it, it's been a long road so she, she was a very controlling parent um with me but with my siblings it was a very different situation i think she had very high expectations for me um and being her only non-white child i think changed yeah a lot because when she'd see me she'd see you know um my father, I assume, and that made things very difficult. Um, so yeah, it was just, it, we could spend two hours <laughs> on my relationship with my mother, but I don't think anyone wants to hear that. Um, well, we, we go where the conversation takes us. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I pick questions and then most of what happens is follow up. So mm -hmm. if this is where we are, then this is where we are. Um, so you mentioned that you're you only have one parent what happened mm. to your father well um i i don't know who my father is and i hesitate to even call him that it's okay it's, i'm not really sure what you would call him but unfortunately i am the product of sexual assault um mm. and it was you know um not someone my mother knew um it was a first date kind of scenario yeah. and uh things went horribly awry and i would uh yeah that's yeah, a fair characterization of that yeah i i don't really so I, when people when i reference him as my father it's it always sort of feels like something gross and slimy in your mouth like yeah. it doesn't feel right um but it's not like he was a sperm donor. <laughs> yeah. So I don't really like, what do you call that? I, and also when someone asks like, oh, you know, who are your mom, dad and whatever. Um, I can't just be like, oh, my mother and her rapist, you know, that's, I, that really brings down the room. <laughs> I feel that would, I mean, I appreciate the humor, but like that is something that like, that makes me like never want to ask about anyone's parents like, ever i mean i did warn you <laughs> you did but that's okay um, i mean we're here yeah. and the point is that and i'm only laughing at it because i've been sitting with this my whole life you haven't so you know i mean I, I i your your laughter allows me some leeway it's yeah, inviting don't be me too uncomfortable to, to also laugh at least that's what i'm getting from it but oh do life is so messy and you never know what sort of like what's the word i'd use like you never know what shit you're gonna step in when you start talking about people's families yeah I, <laughs> and i yeah. know with me it's it's big piles of shit well so we're we're we are um we are in it we're oh we're in, in it shit right now so swimming have have you and your mother spoken about that at all Oh God. So I can only imagine how difficult it was for her yeah. to have this little biracial child. My mother's white. Um, and my quote unquote father is black. Um, to have this little biracial child surrounded by white people asking, you know, why do I look the way I do as, and as I get older, why aren't you with my father? Why have I never met him? I, I don't, at the time I would resent her because I could tell she wasn't being truthful, but yeah. you know, now it, as a almost 31 year old, I, I don't even know how hard it was for her. Um, 
so we would sort of have talks and she would tell me different versions of different stories like yeah. oh you know we only dated for a short while and then he moved away um and then as i got a little bit older um when i was a young teenager she'd tell me it was just a one night stand mm. which i guess is as close as you can get without really opening up old wounds yeah um and that did sort of, I guess, satisfy me for a while, but I still had so many questions. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, I'm sure you can understand that the racial component made things even more complicated. Because um, yeah. I didn't know, I had no idea what I was. Um, and then it wasn't all that long ago. I'd say I was probably around, oh, 22. 23 my mother and I were having some massive fight yeah and um you know I sort of held her feet to the fire about it you never told me you're trying to keep this away from me um what if I want to get in contact etc cetera, etc cetera. and then she finally just came out with it um and told me the truth and I, I honestly think that if I hadn't pushed she would have been content to keep it to herself until you know her last days I don't think she ever wanted to put that on me. Um, Do you think yeah. it was purely out of like um, a sense of trying to protect you or do you think maybe she was trying to protect herself as well? Oh, I think it was both. She's not someone who likes to, uh, <laughs> she's not one for introspection. <laughs> yeah. I think she really, she's one of those people who likes to like put on a happy face and, you know, smile through it and, fake mm. it till you make it whereas i'm the kind of person's like no i'm gonna sit in the shit until i figure it out um they were very different in that respect but no i think it was for both of our sakes um and i mean to her credit like what would i have done with that information at like 10 11 12 years old yeah i feel like that would have been infinitely more of a head fuck versus you know as an adult being able to process that information so you think you were you were spared a significant amount of emotional turmoil learning these things later in life than when you were younger? I mean, I must have been. I, the kind of kid that I was, so sensitive and putting everything on myself. Um, like it, it's it's a weird thing to say because you know, it did cause me so much, so many difficulties. But I think it still was the lesser of two evils as far yeah. as you know, her decision to keep it uh, a secret for so long. What was it? Um, what was that like when you heard that the first time? <sighs> it wasn't as horrible as I think most people would, would assume it was. Yeah. Um, there was something almost liberating about it. To go, you know, a quarter of a decade, a quarter of a decade, a quarter of a century, um, <laughs> having no idea and creating all these wild stories in your head. Because, you know, kids, teenagers, we fill in the blanks. Yeah. Um, and I used to have all these fantasies in my head about who my father could be. And, you know, maybe he was off living some fabulous life. And it was just, it, it was like this confirming, reassuring thing. like. 
Really? It's good. It's good he wasn't in your life because he's obviously a piece of shit. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> like, like maybe it's okay that you know. Yes, you had barely any family growing up, and um, you felt like this. I uh, felt like this alien, this other, but it could have been so much worse. I could have had this person in my life. Yeah. So no, there's something kind of. Um, at least for my side of things, it wasn't a bad feeling, but then I had this sort of overwhelming, somebody did this to my mother. Yeah. <laughs> On top of everything else this woman has gone through. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was an evening. I got to tell you, it, it was an evening. <laughs> so um, it was, it was a lot less like. It wasn't as devastating as you'd think. Yeah. Because no, you use the word liberating. Yeah. Really, you didn't cry. No. No. And I cried watching a YouTube video today. Like I, <laughs> I, I cry very easily. I'm I'm not shy to cry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as you can confirm, like I'm I'm smiling. It, it, it's not <laughs> considering the life that I've had, that piece of information doesn't even crack the top 10 of most painful things, you know? So yeah, it it was kind of liberating. I could stop thinking about him. I could completely sort of wipe the slate and, and not have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. So I'd be so like, you're, you're saying then you you didn't have to wonder if he was off living some wonderful life or if he had turned into this like secret rock star or something you were able to basically <laughs> kind of like or even if i was just missing out on having family you know yeah even if he wasn't some great person just like oh you know maybe i could have had two christmases whereas finding that out i was like no yeah i, I, <laughs> one, I am okay one with one, one christmas is acceptable <laughs> perfect I don't, great. I don't want christmas with a rapist which i think is a reasonable desire to have i would venture oh, that that's that okay like a horrible low budget <laughs> horror movie <laughs> we just wrote we just wrote a really bad horror movie everyone christmas with a rapist yeah there we god that's I, <laughs> I, i'm glad that it wasn't that it had because the assumption is is that i mean you you're right the assumption is that you know it was it's going to be this devastating thing and for that to be mm-hmm. liberating is I don't know. I don't think you can ask for a better outcome from that. No, not really. I, you know, could have been worse, <laughs> I guess. So you, you said that that doesn't even crack the top 10 of awful things that have happened to you. No. One of the questions I have here um, mm-hmm. is what's your worst memory? <sighs> This is fun. I'm kind of flipping through a Rolodex of like traumatic experiences. Um, Okay, this is kind of a weird one. Um, So I went to, when I was 10 years old, my mother um, switched partners and uh, got with another guy, um, my little brother's father. Mm. And we had been very, very poor up until that point. 
but this guy happened to be really well off. And so we moved in with him and he sent me to private school, a private boarding school. Oh. Yes. A entirely white, entirely French, which I didn't speak, Catholic oh. boarding school. Oh, this sounds fun. <laughs> Um, so just that on its own is is wildly unpleasant. <laughs> how how old were you? You said you were 10 at this point, maybe? Uh, no, this is a few years on. It was high school. So um, in Canada, where I live anyways, I was uh, 12. So you were 12 years old. You didn't know French and you were sent to a French school. Yes. With Catholic, I, I assume had nuns. Yes. Okay, I'm, continue. I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was sent to this place. I had very rudimentary French, um, basic vocabulary. You know, I could get directions to a washroom, but that was about it. Mm. Um, so I really did learn French the hard way. And so I'm at this boarding school with all of these um, French white girls, and they did not take to me very well. I don't think they were happy to have me there. Um, so there's one moment of hazing that's still, you know, sometimes you'll, it's the end of the night, you relax, you get in bed, you close your eyes, <laughs> you're ready to drift off, and then you get that flash of some horrible moment. Mm. And this is one of mine. Um, it had been a really bad day. Um, September 11th had just happened. And um, that was a rough day, well, for everybody, but on my side, all I remember is people running around screaming in French about an explosion. People are dying. There was a lineup to use the phones, so I couldn't call my mother because we had mm. pay phones. <laughs> um, so I had no idea what was going on. So it had been a really rough week. And uh, I really was feeling like an alien um, in another planet. And I was getting changed to get into bed. And the first year, girls, we had not proper rooms, but almost like little office cubicles okay. with, with a bed and a closet. So it was kind of open, um, which makes sense because you don't want a bunch of 12-year-olds off on their own in their own rooms. Um, so it was like, you know, like big cubicles set up and they all had curtains. So I'm getting changed and getting ready to get, go to bed. And, um, you know, I'm a 12 year old girl, I'm self-conscious and, you know, self-hating, you know, as you do. Mm. And I'm bare ass naked. And all of a sudden the curtain of my cubicle gets pulled open and there are 20 girls standing there laughing. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they'd timed it. And they had been waiting out there, and I guess I didn't hear them. Um, so they're all there. And then they close the curtain, and, you know, I'm bawling my eyes out. and It's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And then I go to, <laughs> I'm laughing, but, you know, it's been, <laughs> it's been a long road to be laughing about it. Um, yeah. I go to lie down, and they'd filled um, condoms with water and placed them under my pillow so that when I laid down, it burst and my bed oh. was flooded with water. Okay, well, that's fun. So that was a day. 
And it's just one of those things that like, if it happened to me as an adult, I don't know who would do it. Um, I honestly probably wouldn't even blink twice. <laughs> like, okay, you saw my titties and my bed's wet. <laughs> Whatever. It's a Tuesday <laughs> night. <laughs> you know, it might've happened organically anyway. So who the fuck knows? But as a 12 year old girl, like completely removed from any sense of comfort or familiarity um, in this brand new, horrible environment. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, that's one of my worst memories. That's um, it's kind of shitty. <laughs> you know what? Teenage girls are notorious for being kind of shitty. Yeah, that's pretty fucking awful. I mean, it doesn't, it's not like this. Um, it's not like, oh, you know, like my mother was shot in front of me. Cause like, you know, you hear someone say, oh, well, you know, I have this catalog of horrible memories, but like, I mean, that can still be profound because like, if you think about like, I don't know, to me, like now I'm thinking body image issues and. Oh yeah. I didn't security. get undressed in front of anyone for years. Um, I no, no, that it did stick with me for a very long time. I mean, probably the worst thing was losing my great aunt to Alzheimer's. But I oh. mean, it's not—it's not a very dynamic story. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just sad and facts of life sort of I, thing. I would, you know? I would venture that, that there's dynamism. Is that a word? I don't know. Mm-hmm. To be had in in all of these things. That's kind of what what at least this podcast what i'm doing in this podcast is try, trying to prove that um that it isn't necessarily like the most complicated or the largest things that that make us who we are but that you know sometimes it's losing your aunt to alzheimer's she was a wonderful human being so this and, is uh, uh, this is your mother's sister right my mother's aunt. She was Your my mother's great aunt. aunt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, you know, because my mother's family was a difficult one and I had barely any family. She was uh, my Aunt Mimi for, mm. for Amelia. She was uh, everything to myself and to my mom. I didn't have grandparents growing up because my mother was estranged from her family. I had no aunts or uncles or cousins. So besides my mother and my sister at the time, because my brother wasn't born yet, I had my Aunt Mimi, and that was it. Um, And she was my best friend and just a wonderful, wonderful human being. Um, I'd spend a lot of summers living with her as a teenager. And I mean, (laughs) I'm guessing there aren't a lot of teenagers who are like, oh, finally, I can go stay with my 75 year old great aunt (laughs) summer's gonna be fucking lit (laughs) but I was it was the best um and so yeah losing her was that there's still a hole there I don't think that's ever gonna get filled so what is it um about your your great aunt um that that made you want to be around her so much oh she made space for me Hmm. in conversations she was the kind of person who would pause and wait for a long time to give you a lot of time to to answer and I didn't have that in any other aspect of my life 
Mm. Um, she made you feel very listened to. Um, and she was so without judgment, which, you know, again, for a white lady in her seventies, um, she was so open and I could tell her just the wildest shit that came to my wacky little like 14 year old brain and it wouldn't phase her for a second. Mm. Um, she never held anything against me, even when I was like an ass, which you know, we all were at some point. No. Um, she, she wouldn't bulk, wouldn't blink. It, it really, she was completely unaffected. Um, she was so supportive. And, uh, I don't know. I, I honestly, I could go on. She, she was just a wonderful person who just made so much space for me in, in her life and in her heart. Um, and I mean, she was all of my family wrapped into one person, which I guess is a lot to put on someone, but she <laughs> took it with grace. How um, how old were you? When she passed? Yeah. I would have been 21. Yes, because it's been 10 years this year. Yeah, 21. And that was the first huge loss that I had in my life. It, it actually sort of sent a bit of a shockwave through my tiny family. My mother and I didn't speak for a couple of years after she died. Really? Um, she, she really left a, left a hole. Yeah. Um, cute story about my aunt. Um, she was gay. She was a lesbian, huh. but she, she was not out. <laughs> <laughs> she was not out. And so, you know, as I got older, I started piecing things together because my aunt, she had her best friend, Audrey, who we called aunt Audrey. Oh, gals, gals uh -huh. being pals, gals being pals. Just a couple of gals being pals. And aunt Audrey lived, um, not far from my my aunt Mimi and they were together every day <laughs> they didn't live <laughs> together but uh they together every day and Audrey had she was the neighborhood cat lady and they had been quote-unquote best friends for oh, doing the math over 50 years they were together wow and when my aunt Mimi died I was um at her apartment um, grabbing a couple small mementos and I found a locket uh, with a picture of the two of them in it and it must have been from the 50s mm. um, that's actually probably my most prized possession that's unrelated to my son or you know my relationship yeah. Um, but yeah figuring out <laughs> In my late teens, early 20s, that Aunt Audrey is not Aunt Mimi's best friend. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe she was Aunt, Aunt Mimi's best friend, but was much more than that as, as yeah. well. Um, was, there, was there any continued communication with Audrey after? No, Audrey died before my aunt did. Oh, um, God, okay. And I think it was one of the reasons for her rapid decline. Mm. Um, which is common, you know, in couples who've been together yeah. for so long, 
one goes and usually the other's not far behind. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was the case. So she didn't have to live very long without her. But without we'll call her, 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 her girlfriend or I guess girlfriend. I don't know what you would even, I mean, there was no label, I guess, that they, that they put on no. it at least publicly. So it's not, maybe it's she not was relevant. her love, her, 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 her Audrey, her everything, I would assume. Um, no, it was, it was a couple years, but you know, Alzheimer's, she, she wasn't with us for, for a while, um, at a certain point. Um, you know, you sort of hit a wall with Alzheimer's where like you're not talking to the same person anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I missed a lot of that. Unf I say, unfortunately, I'm not sure I would have wanted to see it, but I so wish I could have been with her for as long as possible, but I was in England. Um, mm. And she passed shortly after I got back. So at least she held out for me. You got to see her before she went. Yeah, I did. I saw her the day before she died. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. What's that like? Her. <laughs> <sighs> it was, um, again, quiet, which, which is how I describe my relationship with her. You know, mm -hmm. we could be in a room together for three hours and barely say anything. And it was perfectly comfortable and wonderful. Um, it was quiet and sad, but, you know, at that point, it's not like a rapid illness or, yeah. or something unexpected. Um, so it was just, it, there was a, a strong sense of finality to it. And it was, uh, it was goodbye. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was, it was a quiet moment. Um, but my mother and I, you know, my mom and I hadn't been doing well. Our relationship was very strained. Yeah. And uh we just stood there uh, and sort of sat in the moment. Unfortunately, my mom's mother was there, um, but that was of no consequence. And uh, yeah, the next day she was gone. Did um? Did anyone else figure out that she's she's lesbian? Oh, it was, you know, the worst kept secret, I guess. <laughs> um, my mother's family is one of those families just full of secrets. <laughs> um, interestingly enough, so my great-grandmother, Catherine, she had nine children at Mimi being the eldest of them. Mm. And my mom's mom my grandmother being one of the youngest of them so she had these nine children now everyone assumed they all had the same father her husband <laughs> <laughs> except oh sorry i'm gonna mop myself up here for a second so except um when my great-grandmother passed and they were um burying her at the funeral you know she's being placed to rest they started looking at headstones and comparing dates. Mm. And apparently <laughs> my great grandfather died several years before my grandmother was even born. So <laughs> okay, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and no one ever discussed it after they all sort of like looked at each other and put two and two together. Nobody discussed it. I'm just from one of those families. Like, don't air out your shit. Don't talk about shit. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to hear your problems. Keep it to yourself. So sw switching gears, because you said mm -hmm. something when we were talking about you coming back to see mm -hmm. Mimi before she passed. Yeah. You said you were in England. What were you yeah. doing in England? When I turned 18, and I could be free of... <laughs> living with my mother at the time that was my mindset it's like okay i'm 18 fuck this i gotta go and i gotta go far i've never lived away from home except for boarding school but you know it's a very cushy environment um and i wanted to get the fuck out so i looked into nannying um mm -hmm. and i took up a position as a nanny in england and that's when i moved out of home so you, were you like a live-in nanny for a family yeah. in England? Yeah, exactly. How long did you do that for? Um, close to a year. Um, I had intended to do it for longer, but I mean, I'm happy I came back when I did so I could say goodbye to Aunt Mimi, but um, no, I don't know. England never really grew on me. It never felt like a really comfortable fit. Yeah. I didn't, you know, beautiful place and London was amazing, but um, Montreal just called back to me. What was the, um, what was the family like that you were with? Uh, I was with two. My first placement didn't work out so well, not for mm -hmm. anything crazy, just didn't work out so well. Yeah. Um, and so then I found another family and they were interesting. Um, <laughs> The father was in his 60s. The mother had just turned 30. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's a he, difference. It's a difference. He was very well off. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> um, she was beautiful. <laughs> okay. And they never saw their child. Um, it was kind of sad, but, you know, they had a live-in nanny because they really didn't want to put in any time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I barely saw them. Um, most of my instructions came through their housekeeper. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was like one of those moments where it's like, oh, this is how really, like, truly rich people live. Just completely yeah. detached from their. So everyone else was raising their child, basically. And they were. To the point where around. his bedroom was in the basement with me because mm. I had my own room. Um, his bedroom was in the basement and their bedroom was on the, uh, not the ground floor, not the floor above that, but the floor above that. Okay. <laughs> it was this huge home um, in central London. Gorgeous. Absolutely stunning. But, you know, they wouldn't even hear him cry if they tried. They were so far removed from this child physically and mentally. Wow. No. How old was the was the kid that you were taking care of? He's about as old as my son is now. He's about a year and a half. Yeah. Really cute. Cute little guy. Sweetheart. So so not quite old enough to 
conceptualized that his parents no he had no idea no no kind of did he ever think about him i often do actually yeah um i mean again when you're someone who hasn't had a ton of friends or a ton of family and like the the number of people that have come into your life is a relatively no, low number yeah you do think about everybody. Um, so no, his name is Leo. And uh, I, I would think about him pretty often. I hope he's doing okay. He would be uh, a young teenager by now. And um, I, I hope his mom started giving a shit. Yeah, I also hope. Yeah. That, that seems like... the best to him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, God, I, and I have my own issues just from my parents being around. I couldn't imagine what it's like living in a house with parents who don't care. Yeah. Like at I, all, seemingly. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. I, having a kid is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many ways you can fuck up. It's crazy. Like, there are things that I wonder like, is this tiny decision I'm making right now going to be fodder for my child's like therapy session 20 years from now, you know, cause I've talked to my mother about decisions she's made. And now yeah. as an adult, we discuss it and they absolutely made sense at the time, but Holy shit, they fuck me up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, Oh God, having a kid is so scary because you don't know which decision is going to be the one like, Oh, is this going to be the main source of their trauma? Who knows? You know, is that, is that your, back in 20 your, years. Is that your biggest concern with your, with your son? You no, think? no, because I mean, I'm pretty well adjusted. He's got, you know, a good dad, mm. um, great family around him. You know, he has a large family network well compared to me which <laughs> um, <laughs> isn't hard but he has a large support network around him so even if it turns out that I'm a shit mom or his dad's a shit dad which I highly doubt he has people you know so yeah. no that's not I don't think that's my biggest concern I, I just want him to be happy what is your your biggest concern um I'm more concerned about like the outside world yeah. and anything that would happen like in the home. Um, like what sort of environment is he going to grow up in? Um, literally in terms of the environment, um, culturally, um, he's still really young. So I don't know how, what he's going to look like really. He's very, very pale. Mm. Um, but I don't know if he's going to be completely white passing or visibly um, multiracial. There's that aspect and he's a boy. Um, So I'm more concerned about the world that I'm bringing him into um, than sort of what happens once we get home. Yeah. Yeah. That seems, seems reasonable. I'd like to think I'm a relatively reasonable person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, you, because I, I go back and forth on kids myself. So 
now when you bring up the idea that maybe something that you would do that makes sense to you is like could be earth shattering to your child like oh yeah (laughs) that is fucking frightening well like my mom bringing it back my mom thought okay i should be married when i give birth to this child right so that she isn't technically a bastard (laughs) (laughs) that language kills me i'm sorry it makes me laugh every time so she is a technically a bastard that she has you know a good man's name but unfortunately that guy only stayed in her life for a year i'm stuck with his last name i'm not able to change it legally in the province that i live in um what Oh, I'm going to get to that because it's one of the biggest gripes I have in my life. You don't even understand. It makes me so <laughs> mad. <laughs> um, so this sort of thing that she she decided, you know, as, as a young woman pregnant, coming out of this horrible situation, this baby's coming, what do I do? And to a lot of people, that would make sense. Like, okay, you have this guy in your life. He, they'd known each other for years yeah. um, and he was willing to marry her. But then I had, like, he was my dad, but we weren't related, and he was divorced from my mom, but I still go visit him on weekends. Hmm. And then when he sort of changed his life, he moved across the country, and I never heard from him again. And that fucked me up. (laughs) You know, the sense of abandonment there. And I lost, you know, his parents, so it's my quote-unquote grandparents and I'm stuck with this name you know and it's it's those like you don't know what's going to end up really messing up your kid it's terrifying how um how old were you when he poofed uh around eight I think eight or nine so old enough to conceptualize that someone oh yeah had had ditched oh yeah a hundred percent do you remember kind of when that happened? Um, well, it was sort of a slower progression because he moved um, to, I live in Quebec, right? So it's Eastern Canada. And mm-hmm. he moved to British Columbia, which is all the way on the other side, completely Western. Okay. Um, he moved there with his wife and his his biological daughter. Um, and I went out there for a couple summers. Mm-hmm. And then the calls just sort of dropped off at a certain point. Hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, a quick thing. It was a, honestly, it's like I got ghosted by my dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking morbid. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess. Like... Yeah. I did. I got ghosted by my fake dad. <laughs> oh, that's how long you see so he was married to your mom for a year. Yeah, about a year. And then how long were was he in your life for? Was it another couple of years after that? Like another I guess another six, seven years. Most of like yeah, because he was like my that's what I said, like I'd go over to his house on weekends. Wait, so he... Like he was my bio dad. Like it was a very strange arrangement. But like he treated you like... His daughter. And then after seven years, just like... Peace. Didn't anymore? Mm Mm-hmm. 
I have, I was under the impression listening to you that it had happened within like two years. I did not think that this was like a seven, eight year. Oh no. I was it's like a decade. Yeah. <laughs> I would understand if I was still a baby. Right. And he's like, look, I know we did this thing and it's just not working out for me. I got to go. Like I, I totally get that. No, no. He raised me as his daughter. I spent Christmas with his parents up until the point where I was like seven or eight years old. And then he was just like, fuck it. I'm moving to BC. And then I saw him less and less and less and less. And then that was it. I I haven't heard from him since I was, I think, maybe 11. I feel, I feel more mad at him than the other guy. Yeah. Which sounds kind of fucked up to think about, like conceptualized, but like that. No, he fucked me up way more than some piece of shit, you know, and 10 minutes. Like that to me, you know, at least just me personally, I don't know how it affected my mother. It's a completely different story. But no, being, you know, having someone in your life as your father carrying their name, um, no, it's messed up. And then, you know, my sister's dad, who was in my life from the time I was one until I was around the same age, nine, ten, when we moved mm-hmm. out to live with another guy. <laughs> um, oh, you know, I, I was raised by him. I called him daddy and his first name, which I'll leave out. But um, yeah. And I went to his parents' house and haven't heard from him in years uh, he'd have visits with my sister, but not me, even though I'd been in his life for 10 years. Um, and then there's my brother's dad, who, you know, it's just like it's so many disappointing men. Yes, I, <laughs> One yeah. after the other. <laughs> One a bigger disappointment than the last. <laughs> I like this, like, makes me not want to meet anyone's children. It's, like at all. it's a huge responsibility. It's massive. Because um, that, like, is that, like, it's one thing to, like, have a kid that you are directly responsible for mm-hmm. to, like, fuck them up because you were trying to do your best, but to, like, enter... Oh, God, I don't know. I, I, I've developed several new fears <laughs> since interviewing people for this podcast, and... I have at least two more from this conversation now. I have, I have a really strong effect on people. <laughs> that is that is terrifying. Yeah, it's bad. So if, if anybody's listening, I'm organizing a trip to British Columbia. <laughs> Get your bats ready. Next, yeah, um, whenever Americans are allowed to do things again. Um. Yeah, he's on on my shit list for life. That's... So... You can't change your name, either. Oh, God. Okay. This is probably the point in this conversation where I'm going to get the most passionate. (laughs) This is... Okay. This makes me so mad. Okay. So I live in Quebec. And Quebec has its own sense of culture in terms of, like, the rest of the country. It really is different from the rest of Canada. Um, Okay. And we have a very strange interpretation of feminism here. They decided that not only was taking your 
husband's last name going to be an automatic thing, but it was illegal. <laughs> so you can't take on your husband's last name here. Um, well, hold. You cannot marry someone and take on their last name and choose for yourself no. to mm -mm. illegal. Sometimes I wish that, that this were like a video podcast so people could see like what I look like <laughs> right now. Continue. I go. I, I'm listening. So because feminism, <laughs> you're, not uh, yeah, allowed, okay, sure. you're not allowed to change your name. <laughs> um, I, and okay. in order to, I guess, make sure that people didn't sneak around the system or... I don't know what they were protecting so fiercely, but changing your name in general is incredibly difficult. And even for trans people in Quebec, they can change their first name without too much issue. You know, I'm sure they, right. they go to like this little courthouse thing and they present their, their information, say, this is why I want to change my name. And you know, they, it's a little process, but it's nothing crazy, but they can't even change their last name nobody can <laughs> the only instance in which you can change your last name is if it's like a cause of like great ridicule or like it's say like i guess maybe a name from another country that here doesn't go over well for like cultural reasons or like very rare cases can you change your last name in quebec and it so so if you get made fun of a lot mm -hmm. Or if your last name is Hitler, yeah. then you can change it. Yeah, exactly. If your name's like pee-pee-poo-poo, -poo, then they'll let you change it. But other <laughs> than that, you know, <laughs> if you're not Hitler, pee-pee-poo-poo, -poo, you're, you're fucked. Pee-poo-poo-poo, <laughs> Hitler. That's drag name. And thank you, Quebec, for <laughs> letting that one be changed. But literally no other one. What the fuck? <laughs> It's it's a really special place. Yeah, it's a really special place. I like I thought that like my state's rules were annoying for name changes, but like I didn't know any of this. So my whole like adolescence being stuck with this name that belonged to this fucking loser, right? I was like, it's yeah. okay. One day I'm gonna get married and then whoever that person is, I'm just gonna take on their last name and I'll be rid of this forever. So I was like biding my time, just reminding myself that it's all going to be cool. And then <laughs> I start, you know, I was dating someone who I'm not with anymore, but you know, things are yeah. heading potentially towards marriage. I'm like, oh, I better look up these like name change laws and how you do it and how you go about it. I was Googling and it was like the biggest gut punch. <laughs> Just this horrible sense of like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> of all the places the to live in North America, <laughs> it's this one. That's kind of that's kind of where I because it's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> and all under the the guise of feminism, which breaks my brain because myself as like a staunch feminist, it's all about choice. <laughs> no. Yeah. No choice yeah, for you, weird. dumb broads. <laughs> if if we let you choose, you know, you're going to be influenced by men and everything's going to fall to shit. So no choice for you. <laughs> what the, what the fuck? Uh -huh. I, 
Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that's a thing now. Oh, it still it makes me shake. <laughs> it makes me so I'm mad. I'm gonna be like minding my business one day, drinking like tea. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna be reminded of this. Just slam your cup down and be like, fucking Quebec. <laughs> and it's and it's gonna piss me off. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to welcome to my puddle of shit. That's uh it makes me so mad. So I'm stuck with this garbage name. And you know, I don't need to blast my whole name for everybody here, but it's also like a moderately embarrassing name, especially in a French place. <laughs> like insult to injury, you know. It's like one of those names where you say it and people go like, oh, really? I'm like, yes. Fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't want to. <laughs> but you asked. Yeah, exactly. So you can't, you can't like move to another province no. for a day? Mm -mm. No. And I've looked into like, oh, well, if we get married in like the neighboring province, which is only a couple hours away, let's have the wedding there. Yeah. Fuck it. Why not? Nope. I've looked at every, I've, I've gone onto forums where people have discussed trying to change their names because I'm not the only one. Um, yeah. And no, it's a dead end. Yeah, I, we'll move on. Mm. That's what we'll do. Sounds good. We'll move on. We're, we're, we'll switch gears again because we've been um, knee deep in shit for a while. We've been through it. Um, and I guess it's time to put some potpourri on it. Uh, what's your, um, what's your, your happiest memory? And I, I asked, I've asked, I think, three different people this now. I think I've asked every single person that has been on this podcast this question. And I always say the same thing. I don't want you to rack your brain for, like, the biggest thing in the world. It's easy. It was the day my son was born. Like, I'm sure 99% well, of parents. Well, that's, I mean, that's, a, that's an easy answer, too, I guess. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> briefly like it was kind of a, a surprise birth like I never went into labor or anything like that I woke up one morning and he wasn't moving around like he used to in the morning um like yeah. you know he was like a little fetus but he had his little fetus routine that I was used to <laughs> and uh, it was weird like I woke up he wasn't kicking and I got like a feeling and so I went into the hospital and he was in distress and uh, so we did a few tests and we kind of waited to see how things are going. And at a certain point, the doctor's like, nope, fuck it. We're yeeting him out of there. Like, we're not messing around. And I was like, cool. This is not what I had planned. It's not even close to what I had <laughs> planned. Uh, but get him out. If he's causing shit, like, pull him out. So I had an emergency yeah. C-section. And, uh, like, it's the craziest shit you're completely immobilized right so they've got like this anesthetic and you're mm -hmm. lying on a table with your arms strapped out to your sides and they're strapped down which oh. i didn't know is a thing um i i, I also learned a thing yeah so today. you know <laughs> there's one for your nightmares your arms are strapped down and there's this <laughs> big sheet in front of you so you can't, re I couldn't really see past like my chest because obviously they don't want you to see them digging around in your guts, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> this is the beauty of childbirth. Um, so this curtain's up and you feel nothing except like this intense like pressure and being pushed from side to side. 
if you ever want to completely throw up watch a c-section like it is intense um they like open your stomach like just like a hatch and they have to go through so many layers <laughs> to get to your uterus open that up and then pull the baby out um and you know they want to do this as small as incision as possible so they really have to like jerk the baby out so i feel like all this pressure and i'm like moving around on the table and then all of a sudden like that scream fills the room and it's like the clearest loudest brightest thing that i'd ever heard in my life mm. and i'm like my eyes are like super wide i've just everything changed in that moment and then all of a sudden the nurse pulled my son up over the curtain and i see this like he's covered in absolute muck <laughs> he looks <laughs> nasty but he was so beautiful <laughs> and he's screaming and he's pissed off and it was just oh it was the best it was the best that's my happiest moment is it is that something that you think about often? all the time all the time and um yeah i i do like thinking about that that day it was you know it, it was tough you know, emergency surgery <laughs> um yeah and your birth plan flying out the window and my doctor wasn't there and it was someone else and so there's a lot of stress there but it's like one of those things where it completely melts away the second that that i met Lou. Um, yeah, I think about it a lot because it's such a happy memory. Having your your child yanked from your from your body. Yeah. Yeah, he was evicted. <laughs> Told him you were causing shit in there, man. Like the cord was all wrapped around him, it turned out. Um, and he'd taken <laughs> taking a poop inside of me which they're not supposed to do <laughs> so he's like wrapped up in his cord he was like dropping loads in there and they're just like get him out <laughs> he's no good so they evicted him and um you know he's been starting shit ever since he's like this little rough and tumble kid well that's um morbidly beautiful i guess a lot of parenthood is in a way i feel anyways um is there is there like a certain thing comes to mind when i when i say that minus the bloody poopy c-section <laughs> uh it, having a kid it reminds you how fragile everything is hmm. um and you know i'm in a group on facebook with a bunch of other um moms who were pregnant at the same time as me right it's mm -hmm. this whole community it's called due date groups where you have similar due dates and so you're pregnant at the same time and we've all been in this group for over two years um mm -hmm. we've all watched each other's kids through pregnancy being birth announcements and now they're toddlers and they're running around and they're talking and but because of that i've also seen things that aren't great happen like you know we have one of the kids in our group that had a heart transplant within the first four months of her life um mm. we had a mom who lost her baby a couple days before she was supposed to give birth um all sorts of illnesses and 
injuries and just horrible situations with like the father of the child it, it just reminds you how fragile everything is and so yeah it, it's difficult and it's beautiful and you remind of your own mortality like what's he going to do when i'm gone because in your weird animal brain he's still going to be a toddler when i'm dead like it's <laughs> it's, it's i don't know it fucks with your brain it, it's like the biggest head fuck um but it is beautiful so what what about like cuz i don't want to i'm not i'm not asking this like like your daily life mm-hmm. um i'm i'm really talking about like your experience of life like what what has changed the most with with lou being around my sense of self maybe Mm. Um, I don't see myself the same way at all anymore. And I had a moment of like realizing that today. Um, I don't Mm. remember what it was for, but I need a a picture of myself for a profile or something. And so I'm looking through my phone and there's nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And then I hit the point to right before Lou was born and it's selfie, 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 constant pictures of myself. Mm. And it was like, it's weird to look through the gallery and just see this drastic immediate shift where it wasn't about me anymore. And it's one of those things that like, oh, you can think about, but it's not tangible, except it was in that moment because I could see it clear as day in front of me how quickly my life changed that my February photo album looked completely different, even like baby pictures aside from my March photo album Mm. because I wasn't there anymore. It's, it's this weird thing. And, um, as like the partner who, who gave birth and is at home with the child the most, right. And I'm like primary care. I'm a stay at home parent. Mm-hmm. You have to be so selfless. <laughs> like a, a lot of things happen at my own expense. You know, especially when he was tiny. Like there would be days where it's like, I don't remember when the last time I had a shower was. I don't, I don't know. Don't ask me. You don't want to know the answer. I don't want to know the answer. Like, <laughs> but the kid's fed. He's alive. He's okay. Um, so yeah, I think that was the biggest change. Like the way I view and treat myself, um, massive shift. So what, what did your camera roll look like after, after February then? Um, well, it was 90% baby pictures, of course. Um, naturally, naturally. it'd be weird if it, if it weren't. Um, but it was also like things going on at home and family pictures and, pictures that I'd take when we were out on walks and it was like you know like the ego was removed from my camera roll basically (laughs) which is you know it's I feel like I'm dissing my former self but it's true like it was completely everything that I'd see through my own eyes but you know nothing reflecting back on myself all right well 
it is time for us to move into the final set of questions that I'm going to ask. I'm weirdly excited. Okay. Because I was listening to and one of your former episodes and this is very interesting. <laughs> they're, they're ridiculous questions. I love it. Um, and I, 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 I go back and forth now between naming these things before I get here and not naming them before I get here. Because for the first three episodes, I did not come up with a name for these things. <gasps> and by the third episode, it's a trope. So now, <laughs> now we're here in the fourth episode and I haven't come up with a name for this thing, but my blackness has not kicked in yet. <laughs> and I am incapable of being creative about these names in the moment. I'll just so, say a segment has no name. Well, so the, the premise is, is, is you have to give me your top three mm. of each of these categories that I give you. And I am only going to give you about 15 seconds to come up with these answers. Ooh, okay. Let's go. Hit me with it. So, yeah. Are you ready to play uh, Three Musketeers? That's not funny. Not, no. Three Musketeers is hard. No. I think you can do better than that. I could probably do better. Are you ready to play? Uh, uh, fuck. I don't. Whatever. Top three. But fuck it. One, two, three, go. Are you ready? Yeah. We're asking the questions now. Uh, what are your top three marsupials? Uh, possum, possum number one. I'm like 98% sure they're marsupials. Um, yeah, like seven seconds now. Are kangaroos marsupials? I don't know. We're gonna say yes. And the last one conception of that. I think are koalas marsupials. (laughs) Oh that, is the, that is literally the only marsupial that I know is a koala. Okay, if koalas are marsupials, then they're my least favorite at the very bottom of the list. And all the other marsupials are above them. <laughs> what are your top three ways to die? In my sleep. Decapitation. I wish people could see the look that I just fucking gave you. Oh, continue. <laughs> oh, I want to go out like the French did. I don't know. It's kind of like classy in a really morbid way. I'd be wearing a fabulous outfit, like gorgeous necklace. The beads would fall as my head fell off. It'd be gorgeous. You got like five seconds for the, and, for the last one. Uh, I guess having my life support shut off. Decapitate. That's a. I mean, okay, I, there's something, like, spectacular about yes! being decapitated. Give him a show! Uh, God, that's... I mean, sure. Uh, all right. Yeah. I mean, it's not in my top three now, but uh, I, I get you. it. <laughs> this is my death. Top three major events of 2020. Oh, my... Top three in a positive way? I just... just top I mean, three is what I, think. I guess we'll go biggest um blm covid and my son's first birthday that's there's a set (laughs) top three dating apps oh my god i mean okay cupid that's where i met my partner um bumble because i've heard that it's um 
the women are in power, which is how I like to roll. And Christian Mingle, because they don't get enough shout outs. Krista, I, I was hoping we would go for farmers only. I was I fine. wanted to, but it felt like the most obvious meme answer. I I mean, if we're gonna meme, then we might as might as well meme. <laughs> I am disappointed now in you. Even, I don't want to ask you the rest of these. I'm 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 disappointed. Who the fuck's gonna shout out Christian Mingle if not me? <laughs> Christians. Yeah, but you nobody know wants to hear from them. No, we don't. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, unless unless you're a Christian listen to this podcast, then, then we love you. I still don't want to. I I still don't want to hear from the. Listen, but just don't be Christian in my DMs. Uh, <laughs> top three defunct websites. Oh my god. Purple Moon. <laughs> my favorite. I don't know what that is. My favorite as a kid. It disappeared one day, and I'm still not over it. Um. <laughs> Oh my god. I mean Neopets is still live. Um, believe it or not, it's like a time capsule. Um, I don't think I have another. No. I've backed all the right horses. Like you're not gonna not gonna put MySpace on there? No. I hated MySpace. I had no friends. My top ten friends was like three people. I I also did not have enough friends to fill my top ten. Like, what am so I supposed to so. miss? Jeffrey Star's music? No. <laughs> I don't miss that. Obnoxious, like, flashing homepages? I don't miss that. No. Oh, God. Oh, that was, I'm so glad that that is gone. Yeah, exactly. Expecting me to miss it. What's wrong with you? Top three boy bands. Oh, fuck. Okay. Child of the 90s. Like, this is serious shit. Um... <laughs> God. Okay. NSYNC. I'm sorry. Okay. They're number one. Backstreet Boys has to come in second. Right. And then, does Boys to Men count as a boy band? Not in our typical Not conception really. of it. No, because everyone's conception of it is skinny white boys. Um. It, yeah, Boys to Men were adults. Yeah, they were grown men. They sounded amazing. Their voices were like velvet. Um. And I guess, no, I hated all the others. I only need top two. I'm a very decisive person. 98 degrees. 98 degrees is the third one. Because Nick Lachey has a tattoo that says 98 degrees on his arm. And that's still funny. (laughs) Fun fact, I listened to a podcast about Jessica Simpson's book. And Nick Lachey's kind of a dick. Of course. Just an FYI. He looks like a dick. Nick Lachey's he has kind dick of a face. dick. Like the whole, all right, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna divert a bit. But that whole chicken of the sea thing. Yeah. Where, where she's remembered for saying something stupid as if none of us ever say anything stupid. Mm-hmm. We don't remember his reaction and his reaction was basically him being a dick. Oh. No, I don't remember that. Instead of Jessica laughing, Simpson's had a hard go. She did, and I am glad. You should read her book. It's a good book. But you know what? I might. I have it, a special soft spot in my heart for Jessica Simpson. Yeah, she it, got fucked over. It. it uh, yeah. He. He was a dick in that moment, and instead of laughing with her, like he could have, 
and making well, yeah, because it, it's funny and cute. Yeah, a moment to bond. Instead, he was annoyed that she said something stupid. Anyway, uh, boring. Fuck Nick Lachey. Boring. Fuck Nick Lachey. Jessica Simpson, we, we love you, and your tattoo's stupid. Not you, Jessica. Nick. Nick, you're a dick. Now, top, the Jessica Simpson lightning round. Top, top three. Top three white people. Do I, can I count family members or is that too easy? Uh, no family. Fuck. <laughs> I might not need three. <laughs> um, Bjork. I think she's technically white. Who knows what she is? Let's call her white. Why not? Um, I think it's safe to call Bjork white. I mean, is she even human? That's the real question. I, the, is she of this world? She's she's Bjork. Yeah. Um, so Bjork. Um, I'm drawing a blank, though. <laughs> Bjork, Bjork, and I like how you Bjork. gave me this question, knowing how I feel about ninety nine percent of white people. Um, <laughs> I will accept Bjork, Bjork, Bjork as your top three. Yeah. Hell yeah. Bjork, Bjork, Bjork. <laughs> Those are my top three white people. All three of them. Top three. Oh, God. Well, here's one for the Christians. Top three Bible figures. Methuselah. Methuselah is a tree, right? But it's still really fun to say. Okay. I don't um, know what, what the fuck that is, but yeah. Oh, it's like this really old tree, and you have this expression saying, "Oh, you know, that bitch was older than Methuselah." Um, King Nebuchadnezzar, because again, it's fun to say. <laughs> and Mary Magdalene, because you know, Ho recognize Ho. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, yeah, I'll take Mary Magdalene. Yeah, that's a, that's, we'll, we'll, we'll accept that. I feel like she got a bad rap. Top three ways you wish the world would have gone since 2016 instead of the hellscape we are currently in against our own will. Uh, one, literally anything else. Two, you know, someone with really great aim decided to take one for the team. Fair. Um, three, Atlantis. I would take yeah. Atlantis over this. We would make pretty hot mer people. I'd, I'd take Atlantis. Atlantis would be acceptable. I, I, that's a good answer. I like that answer. Thank you. But the, yeah, it, we, they killed Harambi, and then everything went to shit. You know what? You're right. I think everything... Oh, God. That was the moment, wasn't I, it? I am very much convinced that when they killed Harambi, we all died and we are all in hell. Does that explain all the crazy Mandela effects? That's that like... that, yeah, we're we're in hell. They killed Harambi, the world blew up when that happened, and we're all in hell. Now, now it's the Berenstain Bears. Yeah, we're fucked. we're just we're all fucked. All right, two more. And then we're done. <gasps> One of these is ridiculous. Yes. Kind of. And then one of them is amazing. Oh, okay. Top three homosexual ancient European societies. <laughs> I mean, Rome, the OG. Right. 
Um, no, I'd have to put Greece. Greece first. Okay. Because they're very creative with the olive oil. And then, <laughs> then Rome. And who else was hella gay? There, there's a big one um, that, that the Chuds don't know was hella gay, but was extremely fucking gay. Well, I'm not a Chud. I should know this. Who else was hella gay? They, they made a movie about them. Okay, they've made a movie about everyone. That doesn't help me. <laughs> and I can't just quickly Google Google hella gay old people because I'm going to get like yeah, my history yeah. will be forever tainted. Um, the Gerard Butler was in this movie. You think I watch shit about Gerard? Oh, the Spartans. Yeah, the Spartans were gay shit. Yeah, but they were suiting. Nah. They wouldn't make my top three though. I don't back losers. <laughs> Technically, they're all losers. I mean, yeah, but you know, who's still around rubbing <laughs> olive oil on their buns and who isn't? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, three hundred would have been a lot better if they did the gay shit. Yeah. If if, if the movie was like soft core gay shit, it would have been a lot better. I feel that way about a lot of things. That's fair. All right, last one. This one's very fabulous. Okay. Top three Billy Porter outfits. Okay. (laughs) The (laughs) black tux dress has to be first. We have to honor it and respect it and love it. It was amazing. Yes. Um, He was recently shot for, I think, Essence magazine in this absolutely stunning bright blue like creation because everything he wears you can't call it oh it was that suit oh it was a dress no it's it's a confection no it's a specific it's a billy porter is what it is it's a it's a billy porter ensemble with these enormous shoulder poofs but no arms (laughs) so he just looked like this giant gay blue moth it was beautiful um okay those are the two that come to mind and now i'm trying to think oh what else did he wear that was gorgeous oh didn't he have an outfit with like this giant pink cape it was like this yeah like a silver suit with this fuchsia cape that when he opened it was just like this flash of pink i love a cape so that's my third one (laughs) billy porter in a cape is it has to be among the the tops. Yes, just, a hot pink cape. Well, I mean, it's Billy Porter. Let's face it: is is the cape going to be anything other than pink? Oh, he's a magical man. He makes the world a better place. I'm so happy we share this earth with him. I very much love love Billy Porter, and he he may be the only one of the only reasons that I think that maybe we're not in hell anymore. <laughs> He's the shining light, the bright spark in the dark. I'm surprised this didn't go a lot gayer considering the two of us. This is a very ungay episode. I would venture that it was actually pretty fucking gay. Oh, okay. We, I mean, we talked about your, your gay lesbian aunt for a while. That's true. And That's we, true. we did end on Billy Porter. You know what? You're right. I apologize. I take it back. Well, thank you. Candice, for being here. I'm sorry. (laughs) Thank you for 
for being on and making this definitely the gayest episode that we have had. Oh, thus bless far. your heart. <laughs> to anyone listening, I'm sorry if I made you sad. Um, but I hope people can laugh along with me. <laughs> Sometimes life is, you know, dark, but it's okay because we have Billy Porter. Hey!